The Leadership Communication Show is brought to you by the Comvia Group, your source for leadership communication and workplace relationships coaching and training. Visit WeAreComvia, that's W-E-R-C-O-M-V-I-A dot com to learn more. The idea of use the language, getting everybody on the same page Yes, that's the goal. It's that everybody understands this is what's happening, and further, here's my part in it. This is the Leadership Communication Show, a podcast to help people like you be the inspiring and influential leaders their people need. I'm Michael Paperno, and I'm a communication expert, teacher, and coach. My personal mission is to help good leaders be great leaders through the power of communication. I promise you'll learn something from each guest on this show that will help you along your personal leadership journey. Okay, on with the show. Today's conversation is with Liz Kislick, a management consultant, executive coach, TEDx speaker, and contributor to Harvard Business Review and Forbes. Liz helps clients, large and small, solve their thorniest problems while strengthening their top and bottom lines. Her specialty is developing high-performing leaders and workforces for organizations. She's coached and mentored employees from the C-suite to the contact center, vice presidents, human resource professionals, and department supervisors, motivating all them with her wit, wisdom, and humanity. Liz and I have talked in the past about how leaders can help everyone in their organizations get on the same page. It's not an easy task, but she always has good advice for making it happen. So I invited her to the show to share some of that wisdom with you. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thanks, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your background before we get into the conversation. What's your story? My story? That makes it sound like it's big. It's (laughs) not that big. It's kind of accidental. Okay. In truth. So... When I graduated college, I did not want to go to grad school as most of my friends did. I wanted to work. I just felt that business was where things happened and where you could make things happen. And I went to work for a marketing company, small company, privately held. And because it was a small company, I got promoted every six months, basically, Mm. because there was always something new to do. So I would just do things and then they would make a job that sort of made it reasonable for me to be doing those things. It was great. Couldn't have paid for the experience. Um, Sometimes, though, you end up in a bigger context than you even meant. When I was 23, I was managing a 300-employee call center. Wow. And that was such a big responsibility. It never ended. Yeah. (laughs) And... um, Probably one of, not probably, hardest job of my life, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like it because you couldn't ever make it all right. Mm. But great opportunity, was thrilled to have it. And I was there for a few more years after that. The owner died without a succession plan. This is not our topic, Michael. Mm. But every owner, every CEO... Every everybody needs a succession plan. Otherwise, things just happen. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, the firm was sold. I didn't like the direction it was going in. wasn't for me. And I had a reputation in the field. And so within a week, other consultants had subcontracted work to me. 
Mm-hmm. And then I started picking up my own work, and that was 35 years ago. Boy, that was, I just have to say, that was, you know, managing 300 people at 23 is, uh, is, is a lot of responsibility, right? Uh, pretty much right out of school, right? Basically. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, what I want to ask you about, because the last time you and I had a conversation, we talked about getting people on the same page and how difficult that is. And it is. It's really hard for leaders everywhere. And, and we talked about uh, cascading communications and, and how that can really help do that. So I think that's a good place for us to start is, can you explain, first of all, to our listeners what that is for those who don't know, and maybe talk a little bit about how it's different from your typical communications that you would have coming uh, from leaders in an organi- organization? So cascading communication, I'm, I think I made that term up. Um, so don't get caught up in the term, but it is a structure for communication that is not dependent just on the style of the communicator. Okay. It assumes that it is absolutely crucial that whatever the CEO or president or most senior involved leader in any given situation, what they wish to communicate It assumes that what they wish to communicate needs to go level by level down the organization. Mm -hmm. Because assuming that a communication travels beyond its original form at its original time is really a foolhardy assumption. Mm -hmm. I learned this the most in one of my consulting jobs where... A CEO had a fabulous vision for the organization, really got the troops fired up in a town hall meeting. There was a huge initiative that was supposed to start. But as is often the case, exactly what that meant, what that vision translated to at every level of the organization was not as clear as his vision was to him. Mm-hmm. And so even the things that he said, although they were motivating to rank and file, there wasn't a way to translate them clearly from the top down to the bottom. So he was all fired up and the bottom was all fired up and the middle didn't move. (laughs) It just held steady and basically the vision temporarily died. As we figured this out, the idea of, use the language, getting everybody on the same page, Mm -hmm. yes, that's the goal. It's that everybody understands this is what's happening, and further, here's my part in it. Mm -hmm. So the cascade is, at every level, do the crucial participants understand what the big picture is and what their part is in it? And therefore, how that makes them responsible to to communicate the right version Mm. of this vision down to the next level and ensure that it has passed so the next level can pass it down. I, of course, am gesticulating wildly to show you how the cascade works downward. But without that, so often a message gets lost. That was true between me and the 300, Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. I wasn't clear enough with the directors, they either weren't clear with the managers, 
didn't communicate with the managers Mm -hmm. or might send them in the wrong direction entirely. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing dies. So it's creating this chain. And because most of us work in hierarchical organizations, it cascades down. It's interesting. What I really I loved what you said there was, you know, here's the message or here's the vision, and here's my part in it because I can I can tell on my over my career I've been part of large organizations and smaller organizations, and frankly, none of them have gotten that right. <laughs> it's always been like here's the vision, and we're just going to press it down in its in its exact form and expect and really hope, but they would expect that everybody would just get on board because this is the vision that's been set. Here's the messages that need to be delivered. If you get on board, great. If you don't, tough. But that's not, that's not true communication. That's not really crafting the communication for the people who are going to receive it. So I love that thought of making them feel like they have their part in it so that they can rally around it. But also you talked about kind of what I, I wrote down versioning here. You know, it's what version of the message that audience needs to hear. And that's what we teach. I know you coach people and I coach people. And one of the things you first do when you coach people is they've got to start thinking about their audience and stop crafting their communications only for them. They need to craft it for the audience and not only for the audience, but the audience and where the audience is in their path. And it's hard stuff. It's not easy. It's not just thinking about the demographics of who you're communicating with. It's thinking about the humans that you're communicating it with. And will you get it right and perfect for every single one of them? No. But if you're thinking about the version of the message or story they need to hear, and you can deliver it in that way, you're going to be much more successful. So you're really right in the choice of the word craft. And one of the things that people don't think about as they have their expectations. It takes time. It's not just even knowing who the people are. It takes time to know what their jobs are and therefore how this vision plays out for them. It takes time to think through how will they really be affected by it and is it gonna be okay with them? There's a big difference between being able to parrot the original communication and say it the way it was said Mm -hmm. versus saying it in a meaningful way so that people know what action to take. I would even say that some of the content that corresponds to what is my part in this Mm -hmm. has to do with Does my team need extra skills to make this true? Well, if they do, I better tell them they're going to get them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're likely to tune me out. They may be able to parrot the original meaning, but if they have nowhere to go, nothing concrete to do, they think, well, that's very nice. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I heard that. I hope it happens. Mm -hmm. But nobody actually moves on it. And that's when the thing falls to the ground. Right. So, okay. So this is a half hour podcast and you can't teach everybody here how to do this right in, in, in that time. But, but what would you say, because I'm thinking back to a couple instances where the top down messaging where I was at was just disastrous. And in one, one thing I'm thinking of, it actually made me leave and I know made other people leave the company, but talk about that in a minute. But for you, like, what are the things that you can tell my listeners about doing this and doing it right? Like, what are some quick tips that they can start thinking about 
in order to to think about how these messages need to be crafted in order to connect with all the different people at all the different levels of the organization. I'm going to start with a kind of phase zero, which for some of your listeners may feel like overkill, but for anybody it helps, it's really important. Mm -hmm. If at all possible, you've already created conditions in which you know the people who report to you quite well. Yes. And the fact that you know them well shows them that it's important to know your direct reports well so they know theirs. Mm -hmm. So that when you're talking to your direct reports about the message you're trying to convey, they will already be sharing with you their concerns about the level below them and what they Mm -hmm. will need to know. And all the things that might go wrong, you want to debug it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so phase zero is create the conditions in which this is most likely to work. But let's talk first about detail of communication and let's talk about frequency and channel of communication. I'm going to start with very sort of structural things first. Right. Everybody needs big picture because sometimes what gets dropped is the context. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Who's it important to? What's the impact and benefit? Answering those kinds of questions helps you actually make the thing look really good Mm -hmm, (laughs) so that people will get engaged, almost, what's a good word, galvanized, Mm -hmm. that they want to go forward with this. So it's got to have meaning and it's got to have importance. Right. Second, one big communication does not clarity make. Mm -hmm. It is remarkable how many times and in how many different ways people need to hear the same basic messaging to actually take it in. We don't listen that much. We don't pay attention. We're completely focused on the stuff we already know and do. Mm -hmm. So, making clear, you know, if you had trumpets, that would be good. But this is a change. Right. You've got the big statement. You've got emails going out, probably a series of them. You may need smaller group meetings. That's a really crucial thing, particularly in remote and hybrid environments. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody will be around when the big message is coming down. If there are ways you generally communicate with your team, you need to incorporate it into those. Big messages from above, you need to break them down in staff meetings, for example, or daily stand-ups to make sure that, again, everybody knows what their piece is. And that has a time component to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the big message is talking about some tremendous critical path and your stuff doesn't even happen for six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That message needs to be conveyed all six of those months. Right. So that when it's time for your part, everything is ready. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pause there and see if you want to check on anything. No, that's great. But what else was going through my mind as I'm listening, and, and, and you're right about everything, is what you said a few moments ago is that this all takes time. And it's time well invested because just listening to what you're saying, I, I can hear all of the 
gaps in the way things can go wrong when a message is communicated. And one of the things that drives me crazy when I hear people say, whether you're a leader or not, was, well, I told them that. I sent them that in an email. Well, like you said, it's you can't with most of this stuff, you can't just say it once and 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 expect it to resonate. Um, so so yeah, I love that uh, about really number one, creating the conditions for it to work and getting that feedback and debugging. I think that's something actually a lot of leaders don't do with their communications, which is a brilliant thing to to do, especially if you have spent the time to really know your people, which you should be doing. But yeah, so the detail and the frequency. And then how about the channel though? Like what are the, what are the, I mean, you've talked about some of the channels, whether it's an email or a staff meeting, but that can be a a challenge as well, because we know that, like you said, some people don't listen, but how do you really make sure that it gets to everyone at the right time? It seems to me like a daunting task. So the thing is, that's true. It is a daunting task, but it pays off. I mean, a way to look at it almost retrospectively, Mm -hmm. whenever you have some big new policy thing, one of the ways you figure out if it's really going to work is by putting the time into the communications plan. Mm -hmm. Not enough executives think about this. They make a decision in a conference room, six of them look at each other, they say, yes, this is good. But if they don't figure out how they're going to communicate it out, they actually don't learn, just from thinking about it, what's likely to go wrong in their plan. Mm -hmm. To figure out at the other end, as you're asking, how do you make sure people actually got it? If you're responsible for other humans at any level of management, part of your job is to be inquiring of them all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about micromanagement. I'm talking about checking in. Right, right. What's on your plate? What are you working on? What do you need from me to be able to do your job? And so it's very easy to insert into that. Is everything teed up for your piece of the ABC plan? Whatever that happens to be could just be, you know, a new little project. It doesn't even have to be a great thing from on high. But that you are actually touching base about this, that in your group meetings, you ask the question, what's in the way for anybody in terms of ABC? Mm -hmm. You review, here's our critical path. You might reference the dependencies. We're waiting for these things from other departments. Here's what the departments downstream are waiting for us for, are waiting for from us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it just becomes part of your conversation. And so then you know, because you know your people, the way you know about everything. Mm-hmm. Who's not responding, so you need to check more closely. Mm-hmm. Who's likely to miss a date, so you check in on them again. You know what your people's tendencies are. And the bonus there is you're showing your people that you care because you're inquiring about all of that. And then you're then, by the, doing that, further reinforcing that you care about their part in this communication, which is what we kind of started with, with getting that right, making sure all levels know what their part is. And I think, Liz, that's one thing that 
this one experience that I shared a little bit earlier. I worked for a financial services company, and the culture was pretty darn good. I loved my job. The people were great. Of course, you all you have your hiccups, you have your disagreement, you have your conflict, whatever. That comes in every workplace. But generally, it was we were doing great things. The company was making money. It was a it was a nice place to work. And then they got bought, and the people who came in. You're making me think back to it. Like, why was I so turned off and unhappy? There were a lot of things, okay? But the biggest thing I think now that I'm having this conversation with you is that they did no work to help me see my role and where we were going at all. I was in marketing. Marketing has a big role in, the, in where a business goes. Right. And I, had, I was completely lost in that. Yes. And and because of that, and because of all the other changes happening and sitting there feeling like nobody cared, yes, I was out in yes. two months, three months, yes. you know, I was on to the next experience. And it was when I looked back on it, it was like, how did that happen? That was such a wonderful company and wonderful experience. And then I just couldn't do it anymore. How did that happen? And this is one of the reasons why. So it's kind of enlightening to think about how they could have handled that in a different way. You had the opportunity and the gumption to get up and go. Yes. Lots of people feel locked in. Yes. They might not go. So, you know what's happening to them? Mm -hmm. They are sitting at their desks thinking, I mean, this is a direct quote from, I can't tell you how many people I've mm -hmm. interviewed as part of projects. They never tell us anything. Mm -hmm. We're the last to know. Those kinds of things. Right. This is often the case. Take call center as a great example. Often those reps don't know what's in customer communications. Mm -hmm. They get an email from an upset customer. They don't even know the materials that customer has seen. I've experienced that. Of course you have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How can you possibly feel in control of your job when your customer knows more than you do, not because they're an expert, right. but because you were out of the loop. Right. People feeling out of the loop is one of the worst things that happens. And I'm going to give you sort of the countervailing thing. Yeah. When managers don't understand the importance of the cascade, they sometimes freak out. Why aren't people doing the thing we expect of them, just as right, you said before? Right, mm -hmm. right. They forget that they should be hopeful because it's such a big risk. They expect. They don't see it. So what do they do? They over-control. They mm. micromanage. And then you get a very bad worst. cycle. <laughs> very bad cycle. Because then a lot of information gets conveyed purely on a need-to-know basis. Right. They don't do anything until I'm in their ear, so I'll just tell them what I need them to do every time I need them to do something. You take mm -hmm. away any sense of agency, any sense of belonging. I may be making this a little dramatic. No, it is. It's a culture killer. It this really is. This is what happens. Yeah. yeah. This is what really happens. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it happens <laughs> more than we would like. And you know, you and I are both communi you know, communication professionals who really care about that, and, and we help people with that. But it's, it amazes me, even in some really well-established, well-known companies, how, how poorly communication uh, happens within those organizations. And it really does, it's a shame, it really does cause the culture to suffer and for people to feel like they don't matter. And, and that's, 
not what we want in our workforce. When people feel they matter, that's when they go above and beyond. Exactly right. But you know where some of this comes from? We're human and we all, think about personal relationships, Mm -hmm. we all expect a certain amount of mind reading. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right? The other person will understand what I care about. Mm-hmm. The other person will know what I need. So you transfer that desire for mind reading or that expectation mm-hmm. for mind reading into a power hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're supposed to know what I mean. Right. These people have worked here a long time. They should know. They should. Oh, the famous should word. Right. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's so understandable and it is completely unrealistic. Right. That's so true. That's so true. So leaders out there, we need to make sure that you're communicating up what you need. (laughs) And the folks who are cascading down need to be making sure that they're considering the needs of the folks at at all these different layers. So no, this is a really great, really great. So I want to, we're actually um, getting toward the end of our time here. So I want to just talk a little bit more about you and your work. Uh, Is there anything that you're working on specifically right now that excites you or that you'd like to share? You know, I almost always love my work. It's really unusual for me not to Mm -hmm. because I'm very, very lucky. I only work with people that I actually care about, mm. um, which is a huge blessing. I know not everybody- It is. It's a luxury. I mean, I'm the same way. That's why I'm my own boss. So but yeah. I hear you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's the greatest. I really love stuff where you can work with the people who are actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. So right now, I do much less of anything that you could say is exes- excessively corporate. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of privately held and family businesses. That is a joy, mm. uh, particularly when I get to work with, say, a next generation yeah. that I've been with from before. That's really fabulous. Um, some nonprofits. It's just exciting stuff. And so much of it, there are really, for me, two parts to communication, Michael. One is the structure and the thinking. Mm-hmm. And then the other parts, the content and the style. Right. And you need both. And so I go back and forth, and in different projects, I work on the different sides of this. Mm-hmm. I can offer your audience a free ebook in the interpersonal aspects of conflict, which is something I deal with all the time. Sometimes right. it's from the side of. There wasn't good communication, so now we have conflict. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, now we're in conflict, how do we need to learn to communicate better? Right. Yep. That's one of my favorite topics, too, because I'm not afraid of that. Because, you know, a lot of times we end up in conflict, right? Like, like you said, because we haven't communicated, but then when we're in it or we feel it, we start to avoid it. And then what happens is that's like toxic to the organization because then people don't want to experience conflict. So they stop having healthy disagreements that aren't conflict because they're afraid it's going to be conflict. And that's then right. what does that do? That kills innovation and that kills creativity. Right. It's hard to get any work done, yeah. actually. All you can it do is. is sort of push the stuff around a little bit. I know, I know. And that's painful because, you know, with, with a little bit of self-awareness and awareness of others and a little bit more communication and a little bit more humility, you can get past it. Yes. You really can. Oh, way beyond past it. Mm-hmm. 
you can actually do excellent work in collaboration. And then people get excited and are happy to stay and want more responsibility and all the good things. So you either have this sort of bad cycle down, Mm -hmm. sometimes very slowly, Mm -hmm. so people don't really notice what a problem they're making. But you can get the virtuous cycle up, and that's just fantastic. That's exciting stuff when you're part of an initiative, you're, when you're helping people do that. I, I agree. That's that's really exciting. Well, I'm gonna I'll definitely put the link to that free ebook in the uh, show notes for this, so everybody should check that out. How can people, Liz, find out more about you and get in touch with you if they'd like to? Best thing is to go to my website which is lizkislick.com. And for anybody who's driving, I'll spell it. It's L-I-Z-K-I-S-L-I-K.com. I have, oh, I don't know, something like 12, 14, I don't know, many, many years of blogs and pieces for Harvard Business Review and for Forbes about these topics and everything else that happens in work life. Terrific. So check out her website. I'll also put that in the show notes. And uh, Liz, I just really want to thank you for spending this time with me today. I really enjoy our conversations. And I think the uh, what you shared is going to help some people when they have some communication initiatives and when uh, it, you know ahead of them, how they really should be thinking about how those messages need to be conveyed throughout the organization. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love this because we both care so much about it. We do, we do. That's awesome. So I can't wait to talk again. That's it for this episode of the Leadership Communication Show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think this show can help other people you know, please tell them about it too. To learn more about me and my work, head over to my websites at michaelpiperno.com and wearecomvia.com. While you're there, be sure to check out all of the leadership communication tips and tricks I share on my blogs. See you next time.